Matt, and earlier today I spoke with North Dakota Insurance Commissioner John Godfrey, who supported Wayne Stengem as being part of this lawsuit. We talked about, so what exactly does this Texas decision mean for you today and for your future? Commissioner, welcome back to Point of View. Big decision on Friday from this Texas judge saying that Obamacare is unconstitutional. What exactly does this decision mean for people today? Well, today it, it really means uh, everything remains the same at this point. It's still in the legal process. So within that, uh, within that ruling, uh, the injunction portion of it was denied. And so the lawsuit also called for an injunction would have put the law on, on pause, essentially. Uh, that piece was denied. And so, you know, we woke up Saturday morning. The plans you bought during the open enrollment period in December, uh, they're still in place. They're going to be in place in January. Everything is remaining the same, uh, and it'll just work out through the, through the legal process. So it'll likely be appealed to the next level, and then maybe all the way to Supreme Court. So well, let's get to that in a moment. But mm -hmm. back in August, um, you supported Wayne Stenson becoming a part of this. Yep. By the way, who, who said to Wayne, hey, this is a good idea? For us to be a part of the lawsuit. Uh, well, I, I think you know, I, I talked to him about it. I think he brought it to me and said, "Hey, we've been off, asked to, to sign on to this. What do you think about it?" Uh, from my perspective, again on the, on the private side of the market and looking at the ACA, which is what I do as the insurance commissioner, uh, you know, we were in fact we were a fan of signing on to this lawsuit to at least again. Uh, at, at the end of the day, if the end result was only to put more pressure on Congress, uh, you know, we think that's a good thing. Um, we think there's some important legal questions that have got to be answered, and, and the Texas District Court ruled one way, obviously, and they felt uh, you know, that our, our arguments were successful. Uh, but again, this is far from over, uh, and so outside of me, I don't know who else Wayne, Wayne consulted with. I mean, I, he's been our Attorney General for forever, and so he's a, a, a kind of a brilliant legal mind, so I kind of trust his judgment on all things. But in terms of the insurance pieces, uh, he, he looked to, to me. I want to get some clarity on something you said back. This was in August when this was a big conversation during the campaign. You said about the, this particular lawsuit, hey, we're years away from a decision on this case. What, what did you mean specifically? <laughs> uh, well, I think we were all anticipating that, you know, a district court ruling would ultimately be appealed to the, the okay. circuit court and ultimately be appealed to the su Supreme Court. And so uh, we're, you know, at the earliest the Supreme Court can take this up would be likely be 2020, barring some sort of fast track that, that may, not, may not exist or may exist. Uh, and, and so I, I don't think, you know, we weren't anticipating by any means that this would be uh, decided on Friday or, you know, be final on Friday. And so uh, I think this is, again, all part of the process that, that we've kind of anticipated that these, these decisions on these mon monumental things, they take time. And we've seen that over the, the course of time. People at home that saw this headline saying, hey, Obamacare is unconstitutional. I mean, as we all know, healthcare deeply personal issue for people, mm -hmm. creates a lot of trepidation for people. Um, what's next? I mean, how do we finally find something that works for more Americans? Uh, well, I, I think what's next is this should be a, uh, an alarm bell to Congress uh, at the very least. Uh, so the ACA has, has got a lot of pieces to it, and it's got you know the pre-existing existing pre-existing conditions coverage, which uh, you know we've we've all heard about. It's got Medicaid expansion, which is another important piece to a lot of North Dakotans, a lot of people across the country. It's got uh, you know the things that it did to the private market, the the healthcare.gov, and the different regulations that came with within that, the essential health benefits. A lot of that's rolled into one, and and, and so you know when we talk about healthcare, it's generally we focus on the pieces that we like. Uh, and so you, you hear all the time, if, if the ACA goes down, so do the pre-existing condition con er, protections. Uh, but uh, you also sit on the other side with the individual market with our farmers, our ranchers, our small business owners who've taken 20% year over year in the pocketbook and now are making decisions around their kitchen table saying, uh, we can't afford to have health care. We, we just can't do it. And, and so then we're taking that risk as a family to say, God, I hope we don't get sick. And, and so and there's got to be a balance. And, and again, that's where Congress comes in. 
That's where Congress can do the reforms to, again, protect the pre-existing condition condition, er, protections, which everybody agrees to. Uh, every Republican pro proposal that's been offered that's got any legitimacy behind it has those protections in it. Uh, it can address Medicaid expansion, and it can also reform the pri private market and allow, again, our small business owners, our farmers, and our ranchers to be able to find some affordable coverage. Because if the individual market goes away, uh, the federal government's going to step in and say, I got a solution. We'll do single, single payer. And so well, that's, that's my question. So a lot of people are suggesting that the 2020 Democrat candidate, and this has got to be quick mm -hmm. if you don't mind, but it's got to have some form of Medicare for all, paying for Medicare. People seem to like Medicare. So why is that a bad idea? <laughs> I, I think they like it because they don't have to pay for it. We're not, we're, you know, if you expand it to everybody, uh, I don't know how we pay for it. It's, it's trillions of dollars. And, and so I don't know how we pay for it in the, in the current budget cycle we got right now where we're already in debt. And now you add another trillion dollars of expenses on top of that. And we've also seen, again, when, when the government gets involved in health care, uh, the service isn't as great. There's no incentive for our private carriers and our private, and our private hospitals to you know, make sure they're providing that best service because everybody's got the same coverage. Yeah. Everybody's got the same option. Thank you, sir. We appreciate the insight. I know there's going to be more on this <laughs> in the very near future.